For most men, there comes a point he has to man up and lose some weight. Most fall over the first hurdle, trying some extreme diet or fitness regime that's simply too hard or unrealistic to keep up. That's why Manshake was created, the simple and effective way to lose weight. So join us at themanshake.com.au and get started today. It's Thursday the 29th of June. Welcome to Afternoon Sport. Dan McHugh here and I'm joined by Shad Wicker. Hey, mate. How are you? Hi, Dan. I liked how you followed the script there. (laughs) Uh, Hey, uh, Shad, Campbell Graham is in the news quite a bit at the moment. Mm -hmm. And one of the other podcasts I work on with Liam Knight and Toby Rudolph, they just dropped an episode with Campbell Graham and Jai Arrow. It's called Stuck in the Middle. It's bloody hilarious. Good chat. Jai Arrow obviously injured at the moment. But, um, and you know what's interesting, having Campbell Graham on it, one day you, you were obviously producing the podcast. Did they ask him at all about State of Origin and why he wasn't picked for New South Wales in the first two games? No, they didn't. No, they didn't. Uh, they talked well, more about Jai Arrow's moon boot. Uh, they talked about things like uh, Toby Rudolph was actually um, Campbell Graham's captain in the under-20s. Oh, wow. Oh, there you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look at that. Yeah. Well, check it out. Stuck yeah. in the Middle podcast. Toby Rudolph is a very, very funny fellow. He's bloody hilarious. Check it out. It's on YouTube. It's on all the podcast apps. But in the meantime, we better talk about our podcast. Okay. On the show, we'll be discussing the Ashes, tennis, some NFL, Women's World Cup, NRL, and more. Someone you love could die of a sudden cardiac arrest at any age, any fitness, at any time. More than 80% happen at home, and chances of survival decrease by 10% every minute. And sadly, in Australia, around 50 people die from cardiac arrest a day while waiting for the ambulance to arrive. But now, you can increase your chances of survival with CellAid, the world's first mini personal defibrillator. It's simple to use, and as small as a block of chocolate. Every home should have a CellAid. It's really a lifesaver. Buy your CellAid at CellAid.io. That's C-E-L-L-A-E-D dot I-O. G'day, this is Maroon. I'm on fire up this week, so come have a listen. Find it on any podcast app. It's only good this week because I'm on it. Having a look at the cricket. Ashes day one done. Uh, Australia was sent into bat after losing the toss shot. Yeah, England couldn't really take advantage of the uh, conditions, according to reports. And Smith just having a good old knockout there at the moment. The Aussies uh, putting a bit over 300 at the moment. I love the... uh, This is what we kind of spoke about after the first test, where it was like, oh, I wonder if this laissez-faire attitude towards, oh, it doesn't matter about winning, it's about having a good time. Uh, would go down well with some of the England brass and media. And after just one day into the next test, it's already seemingly falling apart. Uh, KP shredding the palms as well uh, with his with his commentary about how they were bowling against the Aussies. Smith, 85, not out. Alex Carey's 11, not out at the moment as they finished overnight. Yeah, and we'll see how that continues on day two, which I think starts 8pm tonight. Yeah, Brad. Let's have a look at the tennis. Finally, the Women's Tennis Association have announced plans towards equal pay for the women, uh, but it's not for another couple of years. Yeah, this is an interesting one, I feel, for the um, parity for women. Obviously, growth of the women's side of the sport in tennis is probably the envy of a lot of other sports that you probably follow, you know, like rugby league and AFL and whatnot, because women's tennis is an international and extremely popular sport. 
Um, it's it's funny because I've always considered tennis. This was my um, naivety. I thought tennis was already quite close to parity because a lot of the Grand Slams have pay parity. So if you win the US Open, you win the same if you're in the women's draw, if you're in the men's draw. Uh, and I think the Australian Open does the same as well. Um, but yeah, the governing body saying they're now going to change the structure of the 1,500 events, which is obviously a majority of the tour. Uh, a lot of those minor tournaments that float around, which are also in the news as well. One thing that might help them move towards parity quicker, Dan, is the other story that you want to cover, which is the talk of the Saudi backing of tennis possibly coming. Well, it means there'll be more money there, but will that mean parity? <laughs> well, I mean, if there's one thing I know about Saudis, correct me if I'm wrong, but they seem to be all about equality with women. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, I just hope Nick Kyrgios manages to cash in. Let's <laughs> let's look at the positive side of this. Yeah, uh, the Saudis seem to be taking over all sports all over the planet. Yeah, well, they've got the money. Um, I saw this story. If you haven't known already, the same. It's a, it's an investment group. I'm sure you've heard a lot of it during the Live Saga, but it's an investment group uh, that is Saudi backed with their money, and they go and they invest in sports competitions. I think that their dip, their their first dip of the toe, or a large, weirdly a big event that they bring constantly is is actually uh, wrestling, like WWE type things. So like the, these kind of projects is what it kind of started with, and now it's obviously the bigger things like golf, tennis. Yeah. They already have a tennis tournament that was quite exciting. On paper, I saw videos of it as well, which was like an indoor kind of thing, and it was all party, and there was DJs playing, and it's quite like you know, quite exciting. Um, but they are looking to uh, come in and invest in tennis. This looks more like invest rather than rival competition. Um, they want to have a tournament uh, in Saudi Arabia, in Dubai, sorry, in Saudi Arabia, to have a tournament for uh, part of the tour. What I worry, this is my big concern, and it's probably worrying two, probably five steps ahead of this whole situation, but players like Kyrgios being excited about the idea of getting in there and making more money, which they make a lot of money anyway. Um, Carlos Alcaraz also being like, yeah, I'd be willing to play as well. Andy Murray saying he wouldn't be willing. I, If you were a big investment firm coming for tennis, what would be the biggest thing you would want in your country? It's not a WTA 1000. It's not an ATP 1000. It's a Grand Slam. Yeah. You want a Grand Slam. So my concern would be if there's a, a dollar amount attached to this, what's to stop them from coming and taking something like the Australian Open? Which, if you remember a while back, there were talks or rumblings about the idea of the Aussie Open being moved to somewhere else. And I, that's my kind of concern. I immediately had flashbacks to that story. I think it was like a few years ago that the idea of moving the tournament because, you know, the, the arguments I'm trying to make back then were player welfare and stuff like that because of the heat. But that would be something I'd be a little bit cautious about with Saudi backing into tennis because, one, I don't want to lose the Aussie Open. And I can tell you right now, the French, the Poms and the US don't want to lose theirs either. Why can't they just add one? Well, then you kind of get into the issue of, you know, dynasties and whatnot. You know what I mean? Like, if you, if you add another Grand Slam, then it's yeah. like... And also the, the rigours of the tournament. So the Grand Slams are only... They're like, they're in the each quarter, which is plenty of time for rankings to be decided. It would, it would, if you added another Grand Slam, it would ruin things like the Cincinnati or the Wells, um, things like that, like these other major... 1, yeah, I, I reckon you're moving way too far ahead because the Saudis haven't moved the EPL to Saudi Arabia yet. 
No, but because the they can't F1. get the numbers. They can't get the numbers in. That's a little bit different, I feel. But but I feel like that would be your long-term goal. With that said, mm, they would I, probably I be totally, happy with an ATP. I, I totally <laughs> disagree. The Saudis are more about soft power. It's soft. It's a it's a way of um, yeah, making uh, Saudi Arabia look better by investing in, you know, pop culture. It's a way of diplomacy. Sure. But look at what they did with the... Was it the Duria Tennis Cup that they had where they paid buckets of cash for Kyrgios and Djokovic and that to go over and play in that tournament, right? And, and why would they Why would they say yeah. no when it's so much yeah, money? Yeah. Now, all they need to do is move that tournament to within three weeks of any major, any Grand Slam, and those players are not going to play there anymore. Oh, yeah, and it will... So, you know what I mean? Like, So, yeah, it's like, sure, where, do you, sure. where do you fit it? Because yeah, financially, it's going to be a Grand Slam. Whatever they decide to make... With the AT, with the tennis tournament, the yeah. money they put in there is going to be bigger yeah. than a lot of these Grand Slams, and if not all of them. Yeah, I absolutely see that point of view. Sure. All right. Uh, shall we talk Socceroos? Uh, Socceroos striker Jason Cummings is leaving the Central Coast Mariners to join the Indian Super League. Yeah, I didn't. Were you as surprised as me? I don't know. Maybe I'm an I am an idiot, but like I was like Indian Super League. What are you going to play cricket? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I I did do that, and then I was thinking, is every new comp that that shows up in Asia a something something league? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, he's going to join the Mohun Bagan Super Giants, I believe it's called. Yeah. For an undisclosed fee, ah, oh, mate. Look, you win a championship, go get go get your money, mate. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm not too upset about it. He's brought the he's brought the side of championship. I don't think they're pretty upset about it either after the demolition they did in that final. But um, I wonder, playing in a lesser tournament means anything for trying to be cut, like you know, be a part of the Socceroos side moving forward, or is he out now? What? Why would that be the case? Because he's. Australia's desperate for good players. It's hard to pick a player if they're playing in, like, you know, the NSL yeah, yeah. for whatever team compared to X player who's playing in the reserve grade. Fucking, I don't know, you know. As we've just said <laughs> earlier, though, sometimes if, you, if you're being paid enough money, then, you you know, you don't really care about playing in your country. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm just looking forward to when India have an NRL league and they can call it the Simply the Best Indian oh, League. Oh, I'd love that. I'd Indian, love that. The Indian Simply the Best League. <laughs> All right, let's take a quick break and we'll come back with a bit of NRL talk, some NFL and a little bit of WNBA. For most men, there comes a point he has to man up and lose some weight. Most fall over the first hurdle, trying some extreme diet or fitness regime that's simply too hard or unrealistic to keep up. That's why Manshake was created. Packed with protein and low in sugar, it's sure to keep you full throughout the day, not to mention it's only $2.49 a meal. Over half a million Aussie guys have lost weight the Manshake way. So join us at themanshake.com.au and get started today. Okay, we're talking NRL. Uh, Manly's signing spree has been criticised after Josh Schuster and Luke Brooks signed on. Uh, it seems like the Eagles now have the salary sombrero. Well, I mean, they're, they're under a lot of pressure with their salary cap now. It just reeks that someone has to be moved on, I feel, which I don't know who that person's going to be in this side. But signing Luke Brooks was confusing for me. I don't see it the way other people see it. Some people see it as a very big positive, and I hope so. Luke Brooks is a great guy, and he does need to probably move away from the Tigers. But I looked at the Sea Eagles and thought that they were just going to move forward with Schuster. They've got a backlog of halves. They've got Cooper Johns on their roster as well. Um, they signed 
what, Young Smith as well earlier in the year. They've got Schuster, who's now accepted his... Uh, I believe he's accepted that extension that was in his option in his favor. I believe, and it'll likely see him move to lock because if you've got Brooks coming in, you know you can't have three halves playing in two positions. Um, it's a confusing move for the Sea Eagles for me, and I worry. I said this on another podcast the other day as a little bit of a controversial comment, but I'm like, man, is this another Seabold things going bad real quick type scenario? Because these recruitment decisions are very confusing. And you've got a team that's not playing well, albeit they lost their best player uh, to injury now twice in the season. But they're not playing very good footy. They're struggling at the moment. They're making some weird signing decisions. Here's a little tinfoil hat move. Could you imagine a scenario at the end of the year? Manly play so badly. Somehow the Dragons string a couple of wins together. Manly win the spoon. And they give Shane Flanagan a call. And they say, hey, can you get out of that Dragons contract? (laughs) then maybe stick around here and we'll fire Seabold can you not see something like that happen I mean stranger things have happened in the NRL (laughs) Uh, uh, I can see people wanting that to happen (laughs) yeah as uh, Danny McGinley said on the show the other day Manly have definitely become the Collingwood of the NRL so I, I can see many people having fantasies about them finishing on the bottom of the ladder. Oh, yeah. No one likes Manly. I'll tell you what, another team that's having a lot of trouble as well, Dan, it would seem in recruitment, is the team that Luke Brooks has left, the Tigers. Now, they've got an interesting succession plan with their side, of course. Like Tim Sheens is the coach, but we know that Benji Marshall is kind of like coach-in-waiting, being trained up. He's going to take over. Mm. Now, you'd think a smart organisation would let the coaches choose Their side. to at least have a say yeah. in the side that they're picking Absolutely. and the players that they're recruiting. Um, but what the Tigers have done, which is fascinating, I mean, you know, they are the trendsetters of the league when it comes to running an organised club, he says sarcastically. Yeah. But uh, they have hired a recruitment boss, Scott Fulton, without even talking to Benji Marshall or Tim Sheens about the move. And apparently uh, there is a bit of a rift between the two of them over decisions like fumbling the Luke Brooks re-signing saga. Apparently Benji wanted to re-sign him, Fulton did not. Uh, they've also disagreed on over players that they wanted to bring over. Schuster's name was thrown into that. Apparently the coach is not a big fan of bringing Schuster over, but Fulton is. Now, this was always going to happen if you didn't talk to your coach about who the recruitment boss is. And correct me if I'm wrong, I always thought that what the recruitment boss would do is he would listen to what the coach wanted and then he would go out and find the answers yeah. to those questions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, yeah. here's the player I'm getting, you deal with it. Yeah, you would think Tigers that. are definitely staring down the barrel of not only possibly completely, completely shitting the bed in a rebuild yet again and also yet again pushing a legend of your club out by treating them poorly, and this is the case with Benji Marshall. Um, potentially, you know, not even being a coach. If you're not going to give him control of a side that he's going to take over in the future when he's watching decisions now that he'll have to deal with in a couple of years. There definitely does seem to be a a real stink of um, bad culture in a couple of clubs. Yeah. It's really like uh, bubbling to the surface and we're seeing it play out, which I think normally administrations get to hide when things are going well. Uh, But but even the way the Dragons have treated the, the Ben Hunt thing yeah you know they've acted like he's a naughty kid and they're the principal of a school rather than you know treating him like their star yeah and even that's taken a weird turn because you you know you're obviously doing positive pr um because you don't want it to look like you're going to get rid of him because you want to get as much value for him as you can 
But like even Flanagan coming out and saying, yeah, we had a positive chat and he's in, he's going to be our, our, cap, our captain next year and rah, rah, rah. And it's like really just trying to make it seem like everything's fine and all gravy. I do know that a lot of people are saying that Ben Hart might stick around next year and maybe it is all smoothed over. Yeah, but maybe re- it is. But really, I feel like once it's gotten this far, how the fuck can you still be at the club next year? <laughs> the thing that made me think, oh, what scumbags was the fact that they listed him on the Friday night game <laughs> yeah. after the, the State of Origin in a way of saying, like, well, we're the bosses and this is what we're doing. Mm. What, why even do that? You're not proving anything other than that you're being arrogant assholes. That's true. And then they got pumped by my Warriors. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, Sharks versus Dragons tonight. Yeah. What do you reckon? Oh, uh, look, the Sharks I've, The sharks are sitting high up on the ladder, but I do not believe mm. in this shark side, I'm being honest. I've heard someone else say that just yesterday. Yeah. They beat up on small teams, um, and I think they'll do that with the Dragons. They get the Dragons at the perfect time for them is to beat the hell out of them. Mm. But I will say this, even though they do beat up on smaller teams and they don't beat top eight sides, I wouldn't be surprised if something crazy happens and the Dragons push them push them a little bit right and maybe even keep it close i don't know if the dragons will win but i wouldn't be surprised if the dragons keep it close so well, that sounds like a good game to watch yeah i'll keep an eye on it. there's something about it i feel like there's some weird juju in the air that something crazy might happen tonight. interesting interesting okay something else that's pretty interesting is more nfl players have been suspended for gambling yeah, so this, I'll do this one quickly for you. As an NFL fan myself, season's not too far away, but this is the second or third time in the last 12 months that the NRL has uh, announced that they'll be suspending some players who are caught gambling. Uh, it'll be a cornerback from the Colts. Uh, they've in the I mean, I couldn't name all the players. There's that many at the moment. It's starting to get pretty, pretty, pretty long. But the Colts have got players in there. The Ravens had some players in there. Um, there was a bunch of Browns, I believe, had some as well. It's it's quite widespread through a few teams at the moment, and it's because the NRL, the NFL has a reasonably strict gambling policy uh, when it comes to their players. Some were caught in really bad situations where they were quite literally gambling in the venue, like in the in the sheds. But one of the weird murky parts here, which is causing a lot of stuff in the US at the moment, is that obviously the NFL is in bed with a bunch of gambling companies, much in the same way that our sporting brands are as well. Uh, but it's a new thing in the US. Some states can't allow gambling. Some do. You know, it's, it's kind of all over the place. But uh, they, they have a very strict rules on their players where some of them, in some cases, you can't even gamble at all. So... Some players have been caught gambling on games, which is obviously a big no-no, and that's where the big suspensions come from. Whether it's your game or not, you can't bet on any of these games. Uh, but now people are calling uh, for players to be given some leniency, which I think is a bit ridiculous because as if you're not told at the very beginning of the year, hey, man, probably can't be gambling while you're at the game. I can seriously visualise some sort of prohibition era on gambling occurring well we've got the stuff that's happening in australia at the moment with online ads possibly getting the getting the uh removal in the next couple of years it is a a tough situation because you know the money helps grow the sport but i i'm actually more of the mindset of as well kind of on the same vein as what you're thinking but also the fact that like remember how they had the really there's the documentary on netflix about um the cheating scandal in the nba with the referees that were on the take and and, uh, rigging some games, I really sense that there's going to be another big story like that soon in American sport 
Oh, for real. Because they've busted. I'm just looking at a list now uh, in the offseason. Jameson, Jameson Williams, um, Stanley Beryl, Quinton Cephas, CJ Moore, Shaka Tony, uh, Calvin Ridley, who was out last season, and then they've added five more players to that. That's a lot of people. I know there's 53 men on a roster, but that's a lot of people. It is. It is. <laughs> Across a lot of teams. that Some, some people are going to get their grubby little mitts in there and start making some decisions happen in the game. So it's a worrying zone. Hey, on a more positive note before we go, Brittany Griner, her story's pretty interesting. Uh, imprisoned in Russia for however long, has uh, made her way back to the court finally. Yeah, so she returned uh, to the WNBA court. I'll give you her stats here with her um, return to the court. I know you'll be you'll be keen to know. She was detained for 294 days, returns to the court after 579 games since her last WNBA game. Uh, she had 18.6 rebounds, four blocks. But unfortunately, Los Angeles Sparks uh, got over the top of her side. So, <laughs> I mean, it's still it's a good return, even though they lost. Yeah, there's a really cool moment. You'll probably see it flying around on social media where she um, nailed her, her seventh three-pointer of her career and she yelled to the crowd, I'm back! And the fans uh-huh. cheer, I'm back! Uh-huh. Awesome. <laughs> That's it for Afternoon Sports today. Make sure you hit subscribe or follow, share it wherever you listen. A big thank you to our sponsors. Yes, LAED, the world's smallest defib. Uh, you can get one for your own home. And we'll be back tomorrow with your daily dose of sports. Yeah. G'day, this is Maroon. I'm on fire up this week, so come have a listen. Find it on any podcast app. It's only good this week because I'm on it.